In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. This gospel reading is one that we all know very well. We've heard it many times. Perhaps we've pondered on what it means to be light, because our Lord says it so directly. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. This is what he says in his gospel to his disciples. And in this particular time and era in our world and in our society, we realize how much the world needs light, how much darkness there is around us, the darkness of sickness, of hatred, of anger, of animosity, of frustrations. All of this darkness around us cries out for the light. And you are the light of the world. That word light, phos, reminds me of phosphorescent. I've mentioned this before. Light bearers. We are light bearers. That's what the word phosphorescent means. Something that is light bearing. And we can be light bearers into this world of darkness. We can bring the light of Christ, the love of Christ, the peace of Christ to those who so desperately need it and want it and are searching for it. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There's this command to us. Let your light so shine before men. He gives a series of analogies about a city and then about a lamp. And then he says, let your light so shine before men. It sounds so simple. Let your light shine. So all we have to do is walk out the doors of the church and let the light shine. But we know it's not that simple. When, we talk, when I was talking a moment ago about the darkness that is in the world around us, we can't pretend that we are immune to that. We can't imagine that we are not taking part in that darkness. How many of us have not been frustrated in the last couple of months? How many of us have not been angered? How many of us have not had despair or fear or any of these signs of the darkness around us? We all have been a part of that darkness and are even now. So it's not this dichotomy of either you're in the light or you're in the darkness. We waffle back and forth all the time. But God said, let your light shine. How can my light shine if my light is darkness? How can I let it shine? Because this is what our Lord is commanding us. We know that the light comes from God and from God through us to the world around us. But it's not as simple so today I'd like to read some words from a wonderful modern holy woman. Her name is Yorondesa Macrina, and today would be her feast day because we celebrate St. Macrina. And Yorondesa Macrina was a contemporary of Elder Ephraim of Arizona. So she was in Greece, in Volos, and uh, she was a spiritual child of St. Joseph the Hesychast. And she had a monastery, and then there were a couple of monasteries that she was watching over. And then eventually her uh, nuns came to America with Elder Ephraim 
and became abbesses of monasteries here in America. So her spiritual children include Yorondosa Afpraxia at our sister monastery, St. John in Goldendale, as well as uh, Yorondosa uh, Markella in California. So these are some of her homilies that she gave, her words that she gave to the women in the, the sisterhood. And albeit she's writing as a nun to nuns. And so there are many things in here, ways in which it's written, we have to understand it's within that context. However, listen to these words and see how perfectly they apply to our own lives. She says, without purity of soul, we will never achieve union with God because there is a wall in the way. We cannot clean a house if we have it boarded up with the shutters closed. How will the sun shine in? The sun cannot enter because there is no window. In the same manner, if our soul is boarded up with various things, it is impossible for even one ray of sun to enter, illumine, and cleanse our soul. So how can we become light bearers if we're not receiving the light? If we're boarded up, a shuttered house, closed up. For example, when we grumble, get angry and impatient and become full of wrath, we create an obstacle. So it is us who make ourselves not light bearers by being filled with the anger, the wrath, the uh, impatience, the grumbling, so many different ways in which we become partakers in darkness. And then we're pushing away God's light. So we then cannot be bearers of God's light. Sometimes we ask ourselves, why did this happen to me? Or why didn't this turn out differently? Then we come to the conclusion that we are good and kind and we blame others for whatever happens. Does this sound familiar? When we reason in this manner, obstacles are created so that union with God is not possible. When we make excuses for ourselves, when we blame others, we put an obstacle between us and the light, the grace, the love of God. This is how we do this. And she continues, Purity of soul and meekness unite the soul with God, and man becomes a God by grace. So she's offering us the antidote. If we wish to be light bearers, it's through purity of soul and meekness. Purity of soul means not judging others, not coming to wrong conclusions, always assuming the best, always offering compassion and patience and forgiveness, even in the face of wrongs that are committed. And meekness means that we're not, we're small. We're not one who is out there trumpeting ourselves, talking about our accomplishments, thinking in our head of our accomplishments if we don't announce them to the people around us. We're meek. We say everything is God's. Everything comes from God. The grace of God comes into the soul that is meek and humble, just like our Christ said, I am meek and lowly in heart. If the creator of our entire world says he is meek and lowly, then what are we? How could we not be meek and lowly if our own creator is that? He who has the power to create everything out of nothing says, I am meek and lowly. Whoever is humble also has meekness in his heart. Whoever cannot be humbled will not see the light of God. 
No ray will come to dwell in his heart, and he will be like the boarded up house that no light can penetrate. So when we have pride, when we turn towards anger or frustration or any of these other passions that are so rampant in the world around us, then we're boarding up our, the house of our soul. We're saying we don't want the light of God within us. And furthermore, she adds this, we dwell on the why and the how, and the sun, the grace of God, cannot penetrate into our soul. How much have I dwelled on the how and the why of what's happening in the world around us right now? Why is this happening? How did this come to be? What are the causes of this? All of those questionings are not fruitful. They're not fruitful. What is fruitful is what is. Not conjuring up ideas of how things came about and whose fault it is and where the fault lies and blame. It is. What exists today is. And as much as I can humbly accept that and still remain pure and meek and calm and peaceful, then I still attract the grace of God even in the midst of the turmoil that's around me. Humility and purity are the ways in which we attract the light of Christ. In the Gospel it says, you are the light of the world. We are the ones who can receive that grace and that peace from Christ. But when we ask why and how, or when we're prideful, then we turn it away. The beautiful thing is that God wants to give us the light. It's not as though God is stingy. He's waiting and waiting and just sort of saying, okay, I don't know if you're good enough yet. I don't know if you're worthy of this light. It's quite the opposite. He is like the sun trying to shed the light upon us, constantly trying to give us the light. So the equation is very simple. He just says, let your light shine. But what's the problem? I've boarded up my soul. I've shuttered the windows and I've said, I don't want that light. I would rather be angry or bitter or proud or all of the other things that we've described. But our Lord, he loves us very much. He's the one who said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for you. He's the one who said, come to me all who are labored, weary and laboring heavily. He is the one who said, I have come that they might have life and have life abundantly. Our Lord loves us so much and he desires to give us his light so that we can become light bearers. And he says even, let your hearts not be troubled. Are these not words for our time right now? Let your hearts not be troubled. Do not be afraid. These are the words of our Lord to us, to his disciples, and through his disciples to us. God loves us so much, and he wants to give us the light. So I'll close with one more passage that fills all things. Wherever we go, God is near us and, not for, and does not forget us. God's compassion is boundless, and one cannot measure the love of Christ. As much as we fall, as much as we distance ourselves, as often as we stray, the grace of God visits us every moment. So the sun continues shining on that house, even if it's boarded up. If a person feels sympathy for his neighbor, how much more does God have sympathy for us? He creates us. He says, think about the compassion of God. 
One cannot imagine God's love. It's immeasurable, a sea, an ocean. It has neither beginning nor end. But we deprive ourselves of it because we are somewhat lukewarm and shallow. This time of the pandemic has been a time for us to realize how lukewarm and how shallow we are in our faith. When the things are not the way that we want them to be, we reject it. We pout and we despair and we get frustrated. None of this can keep us from God's love. Only we can through our own actions. We become weary of saying the prayer, we are too tired to get up, too tired to do our spiritual duties with zeal. What can our Christ do? He says, here I am, I have the greatest love, I am laden with treasures, here, take them. I offer it all to you freely, abundantly, with ease. But we cannot comprehend this because sloth, negligence, and indifference conquer us, and we do not realize that we are depriving ourselves of these beautiful things. Our Lord says, let your light shine. There's just one step before that. Allow me to let your light shine. This is what our Lord is saying. Allow me. Allow me and I will make the light shine within you. As a final word, our minds are veiled. If the veil falls away, then we will see the light of God. We will feel joy and delight. We will flutter with joy, just like fireflies, and we will not be able to stand still. So I leave you with that image, besides the boarded up house, the image of the firefly. That's her own image. How meek, how humble is a firefly. Have you ever seen one when it's not lit up? It's nothing, nothing. And yet when it's lit up, it brightens up everything around it. This is what we must become, truly phosphorescent, truly those who are bearers of the light. And our path towards that is one of meekness, of humility, of purity. So let us put away all things that make us depart from God's grace. All of the anger, all of the bitterness, all of the lack of forgiveness, all of the asking why, why, why. Let us simply and humbly cling to our Lord in this time that we need to so greatly through the prayers of the blessed Yorondasam Macrina. Amen.